I just want to say it because I need you to know how important this is. I'm not screaming at people to hear me so that they understand that they should be running around telling everybody. I'm screaming because, Jesus, if you can say that this is killing, this is saving me from dying, and it really is that simple, then I want a rooftop to tell everyone from, you know. That was Jenny, one of the many inspiring women who make up the women's street soccer team, a team that uses football to connect and support women battling all sorts of issues like homelessness, mental health, domestic violence and addiction. The team is part of a broader Big Issue Street Soccer program that's run nationally. This is Play It Forward, a podcast where we tell sport differently. I'm Tal Karp. And I'm Laura Douglas. You can follow us on Twitter or on Instagram. Our handle is playitforwardpod. Tal, I've been so excited about this episode. I've wanted to know more about the street soccer program since the Homeless World Cup in Melbourne. That was in 2008 and it was an amazing event. Do you remember it? Oh, it really was. I just remember thousands of people packed into Fed Square to watch the finals. I think there might have been 10,000 yeah, people 10, there. Yeah, 10,000 came. And there was just such musicality. I remember people singing. There were drums being played in support of, of these teams that were playing. There was Hacky Sack. It was the era <laughs> of the Hacky Sack. And a great parade through Swanston Street. I just... I got this sense of hope, this sense of belonging. It was really exciting. And look, the Homes World Cup was a huge event and it's a wonderful celebration, but I think it's important to remember that what sits behind all of that are these weekly programs that the Big Issue runs all around the country. And we went along to the women's program, which happens on a Thursday afternoon, to have a kick and have a chat with the women and the volunteers. And somehow, Laura Douglas, you also managed some line dancing. Oh, yeah, come on. Nutbush. Got to have the nutbush. Any event. I remember how to do the nutbush. It was a defining moment of my childhood. <laughs> good to know. This podcast is bringing out so much of your past. <laughs> yeah, look, you had a really good chat with Jenny one of the participants in street soccer. Yeah, I did. I really connected with Jenny. Although she's relatively new to the program, it seems to have had an enormous impact on her life, particularly in how she's been able to deal with some addiction and domestic violence issues. Mm. Yeah, you interviewed her in the gym at the North Melbourne Community Centre. Let's have a listen to that interview. You were saying before, and it really resonated with me, you know, what doing physical exercise and playing soccer has meant for you. It's the fastest way to see positive results when you stop using um, because all of a sudden from going to completely negative impact on your body you've got I mean I could show you photos from a month ago you just go oh my god you look like you're dead okay and I did it's I gave up caffeine two weeks ago um, and then I gave up cigarettes last week congratulations yeah I know it's still still to me it spins me out that I did all of this but it's and, and the cigarettes is completely because it was getting in the way of me running okay and I can't run I can't play soccer properly if I can't run yeah that's so right. all of it relates back to this stuff I came in here and I have to admit that when I noticed that some of the people had intellectual disabilities when I arrived I thought oh crap <laughs> and then I thought hold on a second so um, um, I've, got, I've got addiction, so I'm not any different to... Um, I have a mental health issue. That's what it is. And it yeah, will be, well, and I'll have it for the rest of my life. Um, and then well, when you see them play, yeah, you shut up then. Yeah. <laughs> that was Jenny explaining what it was like when she first arrived at the street soccer program. I really liked hearing what she had to say, and I particularly liked watching her rapport with some of the other participants of the program. It really was an equal playing field. I also really wanted to understand how... Jenny found herself in a position where she was homeless, she was on the streets, and she was battling with addiction. So I asked her, and this is what she had to say. What caused it for me was I was sexually assaulted, and it was three years ago, and that was it. And I never touched a drug in my freaking life before that. I can even tell you what day it happened to me. I yeah, know. just changed your life, mm-hmm. caused things to unravel. Yep. Um, I was 
I was very, I was in a DV relationship and um, I was very isolated, extremely isolated when it, when it occurred, which is, is, is the nature of that beast. It is. Um, and the relationship went for 22 weeks and by the end of the 22 weeks um, I've been assaulted 18 times oh. and sexually assaulted once and um, I had an addiction. That is horrific. And it didn't take long, went from that to on the street. So how did you turn it around? You told me a, a month ago, you know, things were in a very different position. How did I turn it around? Yeah, Why how did, did you I? turn it around? And what about that text message you were talking about? Oh, oh that was just, uh, okay. Well, this is a really weird thing. People do what they do. The reason that um, there's a horror, no matter what, um, addiction will bring you to pits of hell, absolute pits of hell. Um, everything you think you won't do, you will do. Um, all of the people that you think are your friends are not, absolutely are not. They are um, zombies living in deathless death. And that's what they're doing, and they do it wow. every day. And all it is is 26 hours a day chasing drugs. That's it. It's, that's your whole life. That's all you care about. And I never thought it would get like that for me, but it did eventually. And it does for everybody. Uh, timeline's always different. But um, for me, I'd always been strong mentally and physically. And I'd always been able to stand up for myself. I'd always been assertive. Okay. Um, and this drug brought me to a situation where I was living on the streets all the last year, which again, I managed. Like, I managed it. Wow. But then um, about a month ago, I was waiting uh, for a, pl- a place that opens up for lunch, uh, Salvation Army. Yeah. And um, a-, a girl hit me. Oh, wow. Now, I've been hit, like, fights, things like that. It happens all the time. Violence is part of all, all that. But this time... I just went, fair enough. I had nothing in me that wanted to protect myself or do anything about it. And that's when I went, well, I realised that I've already given up. I might as well be dead, like the way I'm carrying on. So that's when I decided I didn't want to use anymore. And um, I've had enough of it. I've, you know, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, um, yeah, um, I started, I engaged with services and they had posters for street soccer in every service. Wow, okay. And I thought, yep, I want to do that. And so I started doing that, but, and um, then I had a, uh, I had a moment um, where I, because you do have to say goodbye to a lot of people, and my best friend, um, you meant, meant the absolute world to me, but he's still choosing to go out there and do what he does, and, and, and until he's ready to stop doing that, that's how it is. So you have to separate yourself from yeah. him. Yeah, and then uh, I ran into him, and he, uh, um, yeah, he just he he wanted me to come back to that way of things, and I wasn't going to do that, and it made me so sad that I really, really thought about it. And and then I got a text message saying pennant was on in two days. So street soccer pennant was yeah. on. Yeah. So that text message just made you realise that you wanted to come back and play. Um, and I was actually on the way to the dealer's house when I got it. Right. And when I came in, I saw them. Um, I said to them, out, I well, actually I saw Bree. I didn't speak to Jill because Jill was in the middle of organising all these beautiful teams. And we had Wombat Housing here and CoHealth. And um, um, I told Bree and I said, look, I, I probably. I just want to say it because I need you to know how important this is. I'm not screaming at people to hear me so that they understand that they should be running around telling everybody. I'm screaming because, Jesus, if you can say that this is killing, this is saving me from dying, and it really is that simple, then 
oh, I want a rooftop to tell everyone from, you know. That part of the interview with Jenny really blew me away. She was so candid about her experience with domestic violence and with addiction. I wanted to understand from her what it is that we can learn from her experience, what the community should do. So I asked her, here's Jenny. The community really needs to stand up. You're not doing anyone any favours if you turn your back on this. I don't care if they're your neighbours and you think it's going to be, mm. oh, they might steal your paper tomorrow or whatever, or even the worst extreme, they might be violent to you. Hold on a second, if they might be violent to you, don't you think you should stop it now? Mm. And these people don't hit their partner mm. until they've completely destroyed you mentally, where you don't think that there's any way you can fight back. And the stupid thing is that I really believed I deserved everything I was getting. And it takes a while for them to do that, but it's there. Until three years ago, I was the same as you. I used to put in the same billet for a Haksu holiday house and hope I got it at Christmas time too. We had the same union. I was on the same pay rate. And it's so important that we remind everybody that this, that this could happen to you. This could happen to anybody. Yeah. That was Jenny talking about how her life changed so significantly after family violence and when dealing with addiction. Her words were so powerful. They still strike a chord with me now listening to the interview after the fact. She's dealing with some really significant issues and the Big Issue Street Soccer Program has been pivotal in helping her address some of the big issues in her life. Yeah, look, she's a relatively new participant to the program. She's only been going just this year. But, of course, there are lots of other participants in the program, some of whom have been going for seven, eight years. And we spoke to one of them in particular. That was Susie. I love Susie. Susie's a real character. She went to the Homeless World Cup in Poland in 2013. She was one of seven people selected to go. The only woman. Yeah, first time overseas. And she came back with the Female Fair Player Award for that tournament. Tongue twister. Well done, Which is an amazing achievement. Yeah. I really enjoyed your interview with her, Tal. You interviewed her in the gym again. I did. Yeah, let's have a listen. Thanks for having a chat. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You've been involved with the street soccer team for ages. Tell me when you started. Um, I was in um, where I used to live in Macaulay, which was called Regina, and um, Jill came up there and asked for people to come and train, and I had a caseworker or a team leader who was working there asked me to come along, and I've been coming down ever since. It was all fun and loved it. I love coming back every week. Why do you love it? Oh, because just to get out of the house, not only just to get out of the house, just to get fitness and just do warm-ups and score goals and be with the team and that's what I love coming back. So why is it so much fun playing football for you? Oh, because I like it. I mean, it makes me healthy and just a little bit of running. And that's what I like about football. I like it. I just love soccer. Yeah. I love football. I come early, like about 10.30 when the stuff's at <laughs> 1 o'clock and I said, it's kind of hard to get up there and have a run and have some um, warm-ups and... Yeah. Tell me about the World Cup because I know that was just an amazing experience. Well, we didn't win the World Cup, but I wish we would have. And, um, we've done pretty well, but my coach said just play well and we supported every team like the Indians and the England team and they supported us. And we only won two games while we were there, but it was just awesome. Where was it? I was in Poland. I was in Poznan, actually. So Had you ever been anywhere like that That was before? my first time overseas. Really? I've never been. Not into my home town where my mum comes from. I've okay. never been there. I'd have been to Sydney, Adelaide, Canberra, but overseas never first time. But I was just nervous flying and never been never done this before my life, first time ever, so I was a bit nervous and Yeah, not only playing in the biggest football tournament, but also going overseas for the first time yeah. with a whole new bunch of people. Yeah. 
how amazing was it being part of this world event where people from all over the world came to play oh, football? Yeah. And you were one of the only women in the team, weren't I you? Was. I was. about six guys and I was the only woman. So what was it like playing with all the boys? A bit different because I never had that experience before. I was playing with the women here and um, over there. It's pretty different because I would play with the other guys from the other world um, teams, like from yeah. Portugal and... It was a bit awkward, it was a bit funny. But good fun regardless. Good fun. People were lovely there, all friendly. Have you made friendships that you've continued with? I've made friends with um, mainly with the England guys, the women team, the Indians and the Greeks and we all got along, we all supported each other playing the game. Have you kept your shirt? I've still got it. i still got it. I'll wear it half the time. And I would really love to see your Australian jersey. I'll, I'll a, a photo. A photo of you with your team. That would okay, be that'd be good. I'll do that. There's so many people out there that could enjoy something like this and get a lot out of something like this. What would you tell them? Just come along and have a go. It's, it's a lot of fun. If they don't want to go, you don't know what you're missing out on. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just fun to get people to go overseas and have a state tournament and just... Yeah, have a go. That's brilliant. That's what telling people have a go. Thank you so much for having a chat. No, no, let's go get welcome. let's go play some ball now, <laughs> shall we? Yeah, okay. Susie was great. I loved hearing her story. Yeah, it was awesome. But um Laura, I was in the gym, I was doing all the hard work. <laughs> you were lifting weights in the gym. You were just Nowhere to be seen. No, I was having a good time. I was outside doing the nut bush. I was playing soccer. I was doing warm-ups, a lot of push-ups. A lot of they, push-ups in the warm-up. They do a serious warm-up at street soccer. <laughs> okay. Might have been a bit hard for me to keep up. Still got delayed onset muscle soreness, don't you? Yes, I might have a bit of delayed muscle soreness. I also broke something while uh, I was out there. I yeah. hope not someone else. No, no, I broke some equipment. I was trying to record a bit of game time for you guys and my microphone got in the way. <laughs> not the microphone. Anyway. <laughs> Look, I really enjoyed the warm-up and the training session run by Jill. Jill's the head coach of the street soccer program, the women's street soccer program. She's been doing it for about 10 years, which is amazing. amazing. Yeah. And after the training session, we went back to Jill's house. We did. And we had a coffee. Jill makes a ripper coffee. Smelled a bit of birthday cake. It Didn't get to eat any, though, Jill. It might have been someone's significant birthday happening the next significant day. Significant birthday. Yeah, that's right. And look. There are some birds in the background. Just a, just, they were just, nice just birds. a warning. Yeah, there's a bit of not really studio. Not great for the audio. Not great for audio, but it's a really pretty sound. So enjoy that. <laughs> Look, we started by asking Jill, you know, why did she get involved in the street soccer program? Here's what she said. Soccer has given me so much. I've played my whole life and been on lots of teams and it's really helped me feel good about myself as a person. It's yeah. and it's also been my respite. It's it's really helped me in terms of my own sense of self and my well-being, and I do this because I want other women to experience that. I think it's such a privilege to be able to play a team sport, and most of these women didn't have the opportunity to play team sport when they were kids, and I want them to have that opportunity to play team sport as adults, just to get that respite that I have gotten from it so soccer it is you know people might say it's just a it's just a sport but it's so much more than that particularly when you have mental health issues or no social connections and that's why it's really important for these women and for me for a lot of the women they may not leave their their house during the week they're certainly um, not getting an opportunity to play sport so Doing physical activity is great. There's also the the mental health benefits, and um, there's you know 
research shows that doing physical activity is great for your mental health. So, and I know myself when you when you're playing soccer or any team sport, really, uh, it's very hard to think about what's going on in your life. You're just in the moment, and for me, that's that's the great benefit of playing soccer. And so, for two hours a week, um, whatever else is going on in in your life, for these women, they get to just forget about everything else. We talked to a few of the women in your street soccer program and really got a sense from some of them about how much this program meant to them. And I was really struck by the sense of community. You know, women from all different walks of life were able to create a sense of community on that football pitch. Can you tell me a bit about the community that you've created? Yeah, and that's probably one of the the big benefits of this program is that um, it gives the women an opportunity to make friends and to... It might be the only time of the week that they are having a conversation with someone and some of the women have developed really strong friendships and that's um, been really wonderful to observe that over many years, the development of really strong, reliable friendships. And we do lots of social things together. We have lots of breaks during soccer, but we also celebrate birthdays and we talk about what's going on in the world and um it's you know it's not me it's the women who are who are really making those connections with each other it's also really about creating a safe space and many of the women who come to soccer have experienced trauma in their life um or family violence um and so where i'm really strong on making sure that the women feel safe and that they feel comfortable and protected when they're there um we do lots of other things together as a group and that's been great as well we we go to melbourne city matches i know you've been shopping together too yes we got a grant once from rotary and so we decided to use the money to go bra shopping (laughs) and at first the women were like oh of course none of them had ever actually been fitted for a bra so we headed down to mooney ponds and got fitted by these two wonderful ladies who uh, helped us all and it was it was great it was so much fun so yeah we get to do things like that now and then we went to Warrandyte once and did yoga together and that was a real hoot and every year we go to the women's prison too which is really um, the first time we did it was really challenging it was we sort of came out at the end of the day feeling so relieved that we'd actually gotten through it together but we we've now been of quite a few times and it's it's great it's it's a way for us to connect with the women there mm. and let them know that we're we're here for them when they get out and that's so important to have a pathway on the way out of a situation like that and to know that again there's a community potentially yep. that they can be a part of it's exactly right it was funny actually one year we went and there was a a street soccer player there and she was so happy to see us so that was <laughs> that was a special moment she did try and like, sneak out in the soccer oh. bag <laughs> security <laughs> um, but one of the other things is well every year we we have an end of year celebration and we go different places but um last year we went to brunswick pool and that was so much fun because and that just is something it shows that if you're together you can do things that you wouldn't normally do on your own so we all jumped in the pool together half of us had clothes on but it didn't matter and we just we had a ball (laughs) and it was great and I know that for most of us many of those women wouldn't have 
felt brave enough to get in the pool on their own and we did it together. It was really great. (laughs) That was Jill, the coach of the Women's Street Soccer Program, someone I find personally really inspiring. She's a great advocate for those women. Jill got me into soccer. Did she? I play with Jill. Yeah, she's an amazing person both on and off the field. And I felt it was appropriate to ask her that 12-year-old question that we ask all our interviewees in our podcast. So I asked her, Jill, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 12-year-old self? And this was her response. Um, I think I would tell my 12-year-old self to be a bit braver, to maybe speak out a bit more if I saw injustice or if I didn't agree with something. Um, I think often teenagers feel a bit disempowered and feel like they don't have a voice or that their opinion is not as important as somebody else's or an adult so I think I would tell myself not to feel back don't don't hold back for fear of being embarrassed or fear of standing out it's it's kind of ironic isn't it that as adults we all want to stand out but when we're kids we don't want to (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and one other thing don't ever stop playing sport yes (laughs) some very important messages there from jill and also from susie and jenny yeah thanks to susie jenny and jill for agreeing to be interviewed that day we had a really fantastic time down at street soccer if you want to go along or if you want to volunteer it's at north melbourne community center on a thursday from one till three and thanks to the big issue too for letting us go down this is Play It Forward, a podcast where we tell sport differently. And you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Our handle is Play It Forward Pod. We're really enjoying the commentary. Please keep it coming and we'll see you next time. See you later.